we'd like to welcome you to a dedicated study on the subject of a big part of the biblical remedy for what we're facing. Uh, this is a subject I've never really covered before. And this is an impromptu teaching. I wasn't planning on doing a teaching until Sunday, but when I heard this audio that we're going to be hearing, it was such heavy confirmation because of other things that I have been um, researching and, um, and, and like I'd say the last, better part of the last year that I haven't said a lot about because I was really waiting for the right time. And then a lot of times I'll feel like I need to hold back on something until God gives me further confirmation, you know, to bring it forward. I don't just, I, I try not to be knee jerk in what we're putting out. Uh, I, I was really blown away when I heard this audio. Now, this uh, Christian sister, I believe her name is Diana Pull Pullum. And I played an audio from her, uh, I don't know, three, four months ago. Uh, I, it, was a, it was a very, it was pretty long. It was probably the, the better part of a whole, uh, whole part. Uh, and um, got a lot of really good feedback. I really didn't get any negative feedback. And um, I normally don't do this. I normally just don't play random people saying that they're getting a word from God because so many, much of the time when you hear that you start to validate and you recheck and you find out they've got really bad track record. Uh, so I'm reluctant to do that. But I really believe this is of the Lord and I believe this is going to be a huge part of the body of Christ moving into their respective callings and this is somewhat of a blueprint on how to do that and in the days and times we're looking at i mean guys things have never looked more bleak more dark more just if you're just looking at things on the surface things have never looked more hopeless ever I mean, I think we could all agree with that. And I think it's regardless of where you live on planet Earth. This, this big brother beast system is coming for every single one of us. And in particular, with those that do not want to be in compliance with it. And even more in particular, those that do, do not want to be in compliance or refuse to be and are Christians. That's the number one target for this whole beast, globalist, coming new world order system. I think we could all agree on that. And... It's super easy to get into the whole hopeless mindset of, oh, what, there's no hope and we're just going to, you know, endure to the end and, and I'll, I'll take the, the, the guillotine like a man or a woman or whatever, you know. And I'm not saying that's not, that might not be some of our futures, okay. Um, but I also believe God always preserves a remnant and he has a specific plan for each one of us that we're supposed to be walking those things out. And you've heard me talk a lot about the books in, in the last, I don't know, year or so, the books written about us in heaven. I've, I've done uh, little mini studies on that where we've actually went over the Bible verses where it talks about these books in heaven that are actually written about you and I. And um, what we want to do is pattern our life 
and align our life where they, is, they are as close to what is written about us in heaven as our real life is. Because we still have free will. We still have free will. Um, okay, and I just did a quick keyword search, and, and these three verses came up. Exodus 32, 32. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee out of thy book which thou hast written. So there's a book written about um, the author here, and he's he's asking, um, you know, I pray thee, uh, blot me, I pray thee out of thy book which thou hast written. But then you look at the first part of the verse, yet now if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, meaning he was wanting judgment on, I believe, the wicked there. Um then it says, Psalm 56, 8, Thou tellest my wanderings, put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? So God is, really, there's a, a, there are bottles, evidently, in heaven regarding our tears that we have cried. And I don't mean, <laughs> like, I get a boo-boo and, and, and I cry, or, or crocodile tears where it's fake. I mean, genuine like tears of repentance or um, sadness over, you know, um, let's say your own sin or over um, like abortion clinics, things like that. I think this is what they're in reference to there. But thou put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy books? So they're also recorded in a book. Um, from what I've heard, from, from what I've seen, the angels, there are certain angels that are um, recording every aspect of our lives and observing. And that's pretty scary, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, uh, that's, that's what we're in reference to here. Everything is being recorded on planet earth that we're doing. Um, then it says in Psalm 139, 16, thine eyes did see my substance being yet unperfect. And in thy book, all my members were written, which is in continuance, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. God knows us before we were created. Before I knew thee, I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Okay, I messed that one up. The Bible says in Jeremiah 1, 4, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Now this is Jeremiah, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. Sanctified to be, means to be made holy and set apart. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. So he says, Before I formed thee in the belly. So he knows us before. And this is where we get to this verse here, Psalm uh, 139, 16. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book, all my members were written. Now, this is before we're actually formed in the womb. When, when I say God knows us, you know, uh, the, the beginning from the end, he also knows, you know, I mean, the true beginning, I guess, evidently, which is even before we're formed in the womb. When that is, I don't, you know, I don't know when that exactly took place. I'm not privy to that one. But, uh, so th th these are just a few verses I just was able to find really easily uh, regarding this. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to hear 
this audio here I'm going to play uh, from um, Diane um, Pullum. And I'm going to hear a little bit about my testimony along the way because I had some major epiphanies as she was talking here. And then we're going to listen to another audio on the courts of heaven. Because the, if you just listen to this, it's, it's amazing. But you're not going to really know how to access the courts of heaven. And that's not something I can really teach in one teaching anyway. And it's something that you're going to have to do a little bit of studying on. And I'll give you some maybe recommended resources at the end. I'm going to give you a good primer on it, though, on another audio I will be playing regarding that subject. Uh, I just feel like that if there was ever a time where this is necessary... Um, and I'll get more I, I think it's going to become more apparent as you hear more of this why this is so important why this is so incredibly necessary and why maybe up until now this hasn't been that well known and um, I think it has to do with the um, the verse in Daniel now this is regarding the, the, in Daniel this is regarding the end times um And again, verse 1, Daniel 12. And at that time shall Michael stand up, and the great prince which standeth up for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to the same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, everyone that is found written in thy book. There's another reference to a book. Uh, now, I believe that's most likely the book of life. Michael, the archangel, typically... When you hear about Michael, it's typically in defense of Israel, okay, um, the Israelites. So, but there, this is the time of Jacob's trouble, okay, because it says it shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was. Uh, I, I believe this is really from the midpoint of the tribulation when the Antichrist commits the abomination of desolation, saying that he is God in the temple, and shuts down the temple sacrifice and proclaims himself to be God and goes into the Holy and Holies and does that, blaspheming God, okay? I really believe that heavily relates to Matthew 24, where Jesus gets into this time of Jacob's trouble. And not only that, but a lot of the things that are going to go on leading up into the end times and during it and, and these types of things. Um, and then it says... Uh, let's see i just go to verse three and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever that's a verse that's kind of motivated me we're we're supposed to try to turn people to righteousness you know and there's a great reward for that it sounds like and again, I'm not trying to use myself as an example. I'm just saying that that looks pretty good to me. <laughs> I mean, they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Man, that, that sounds pretty good. Uh, and then it goes on verse four. It says, but thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Well, what time are we in? We're definitely in the time of the end, you know. Okay, sorry, I got interrupted there. Um going back to verse four but thou o daniel shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end uh, again we're if we're not in the time of the end i mean or close to it moving into it i don't know 
where we're at. Because, I mean, there's a lot of... Now, granted, has the Antichrist confirmed the covenant with many nations for seven years? Nope, that hasn't happened. We're not in the tribulation yet, guys. That's one of many reasons. We don't even know who the Antichrist is. And according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, I think verse 3, he has to be revealed, you know, that has to happen before our, whether you're pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, whatever you believe, that has to happen before even the rapture of the church. And again, I'm not going to get in an argument about when that is, but that has to happen. That hasn't happened yet. It has not openly happened. We will know. There's a lot of speculation, sure. There's been that for decades. There continues to be that. But we don't know yet. He hasn't taken power yet. We don't have a one-world religion. or we're, we're, I mean, yes, we're definitely moving in that direction, but we're not there yet. We're, we don't have a one-world government yet. We don't have a one-world monetary. These are all things that are going to be... Um, we've got a little ways to go on that. Now, granted, we, we, could, we could be there really, really quick. I mean, the way this thing is going with the Great Reset and the COVID-19 and all this other stuff. But there's a lot of criteria that have not been met yet. But... It does say, tells Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. So what does that tell us? At the time of the end, this book is going to start to be unsealed. Because that's when it'll be unsealed. We can infer that from the way it's written. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Well, there's never been a time ever in the history of mankind when knowledge has been increased more than it is now in large part due to the internet many are running to and fro the bible talks in amos about many run to and fro seeking the words of god and they'll not find them well when you've got you know a hundred different bible versions and only one king james and you know more versions coming out all the time that are corrupted well, that could be a way that there's going to be a famine for the word of God, which it also talks about that. So I, I could do a whole study on that one. But anyway, I'm saying all that to kind of bring us into this study here. Now, she's not going to be talking about the courts of heaven until a little bit later. And when she talks, starts talking about the courts of heaven, I was just, I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't know she was aware of that. Because there's not a lot of people that are aware of this teaching on the courts of heaven. And I believe this teaching on the courts of heaven is something that we as Christians have the authority to operate in. Now there's parameters. I mean, you don't want to go into the, you want to go into the courts right with God. Okay. And this is a little bit different than boldly coming before the throne of grace to make your supplications known. I cannot do a study where I, I'm still learning about this myself, okay? Um, but I will say this to, to whet your appetite a little bit. Regarding the courts of heaven, um, that subject, I have been uh, practicing that. And... Um, I've never said this on air before, but I had a, um, I'm not going to get into the specifics of it. Just say I had an incurable malady, okay, that I've been messing, 
that's been dogging me since my 20s. Okay, And it's something that I was able to keep at bay with my clinical nutrition. Uh, but increasingly in the last... Ooh, I'd say really the last three to four years, it's been really giving me a hassle and really affecting my life. And um, I went into the courts of heaven regarding this matter. Now, I prayed about it. Prayed, prayed, prayed. And you're going to hear this theme over, especially when we actually hear a little bit more about the courts of heaven. And um, I wasn't getting the job done. I wasn't actually accessing this properly uh this the, i wasn't accessing the courts of heaven at all actually because i didn't know about them and again you know i i believe this in part has to do with um what daniel talked about here sealing up the books until the time of the end think we're gonna what i'm saying here is that we're gonna get new revelations and i and i don't want to get all like charismatic -y and pentecostally and all that other stuff I'm, I'm not trying to go there at all i'm saying that i do believe in order to be equipped i mean have you guys ever seen anything so overwhelmingly insanely satanically dark as what's coming at us right now H have you ever I haven't. Well, there's a Bible verse that talks about where, where, you know, darkness increases, God's grace will, you know, be there to counter that. He's not just going to leave us, in other words, helpless against this tidal wave of pure evil where we're going to get steamrolled and we're all going to die. Now, some will. I might be one of them. Okay? Um... But if that's the case, all I'm asking God is to die with my boots on, you know, go out fighting in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for his glory. And I believe that this teaching here you're going to hear today is so incredibly important regarding that subject. I think it is most likely the key to getting victory regarding what we're facing and actually tangibly changing what the new world order is trying to bring in like a flood i i really believe this is the key i haven't said anything about this till now i've been sitting on this for probably close to a year i got totally healed from this thing that i mean i don't have any problems anymore at all it's gone totally gone and trust me if i wasn't doing tons of stuff before just to try to mitigate it just to try to keep it at bay it was it was turning into a part-time job gone gone praise the lord i didn't know though when the time was when i was actually going to actually go on air Give the Lord Jesus Christ the credit for that, which I'm doing. Bible says, you know, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he should direct thy paths. You know, trust the Lord and lean not into thine own understanding. That, that one, verse in Proverbs. So, I'm doing that tonight. I feel good about that. I'm glad. I've wanted to give him glory for it, but it had to be the right time. 
So sometimes things happen and, and it's like you want to go out and you want to maybe tell everybody, but you don't have all the, you don't have all the ammo there. And when I heard this audio, I was like, man, I just had like, it's like the Holy Spirit inside me. It was like it leapt. And I was in so, um, I don't like to use the word term jazzed, you know, but I will in this particular, I was jazzed and you'll probably never hear me use that term again. Because, you know, it's kind of a cringeworthy term. But I was pretty jazzed when I heard this. I, I, was, I, was I had hope. And um, while this is a, a pretty heavy-duty teaching that you're going to hear, um, it, it offers a lot of hope at the same time. I mean, let's face it. If, if, we, if something doesn't drastically happen with the body of Christ regarding prayer and fasting... You know, it's not looking too great regarding the future, you know, because I, I, I don't know about you, but I've never seen more darkness. Um, and I mean, it's just, it's coming so fast. And this is why I want to get this teaching out because I want my listeners to be operating in this. And I don't, Lord knows when I might be taken off air. And if you don't know about this, and I do believe it's, it's biblical, um, Sorry, my cat's making all this noise. She snores like an old man. Anyway, um, and I want you to be aware of this and to be operating in this because this is like, you know, you, you might. It's it's almost like okay, you've you've got a uh, you've got a gun that you've been using, and now it's like like all of a sudden God's showing you this tank that you have access to. You know, you've had this maybe i don't know ak-47 or whatever gun in the spiritual realm and now it's like okay well do you want to upgrade that do you do you want to get into where you're driving tanks and really doing mega damage and i know that and that may not be totally right on scripturally what i'm saying I'm just, it's an analogy so i'm going to go ahead and start playing this video or, or this audio from diane pray about it see if it bears witness with your spirit and um see take it to the lord in prayer i'm not expecting you to whatever i'll probably lose a lot of listeners over this teaching uh I, it's not my goal but I, I here's the thing guys i've seen this work already i've seen it work on something that doesn't have a cure i don't know how i didn't know how to cure it supplementally i had an idea but it's it's almost like you know with my eye basically blind in one eye from the glaucoma it's almost like yeah there's things that i could probably do that may heal it i don't want to take the time to do it because what that's going to mean is me walking away from my ministry for quite a long time in order to probably seek and it's like i, I i'm okay I'm, I'm getting by it's all right it's okay i'm i'm not seeing out of i believe god's gonna i i think he's gonna heal that too um 100% i have you know the faith to believe that but this was a big one that was really holding me back and i and i went to the to the um throne room and i was healed instantly totally thoroughly utterly praise the lord jesus christ so anyway i said all that to say this let's go ahead and start this audio here and uh we'll go from there and thanks <laughs> Okay. All right. I want to pray uh, before we get started here. Father, we praise your holy name. 
Lord, give you thanks for bringing us together here tonight, for making it possible for all that you're doing, Lord. I pray for open ears and that the Holy Spirit ministers to the heart of each one of us exactly as you intend, Lord. And I ask you, anoint my lips to speak only what's been received from you and that I be taken out of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, John, again, I reviewed what was shared last time that I was on the program, and it was in August. And I think it was the end of August. I don't. I didn't write that down. But and uh, and then I began asking what uh, the Lord wanted to be given and shared with His body tonight. And so I'm led to begin this evening by repeating something that um, was said before the last program by God. The Holy Spirit said, "You must prepare her." And saints, the Lord wants us to understand you and I must be prepared, kind of like what John was talking about, for what's coming. And in in his great mercy and love for us, he's given much instruction concerning being prepared, um, not only in his written word, uh, but in heads-up messages to his servants in our day. And, I mean, I, I can only speak personally, but like the times he's awakened me, in the wee hours of the morning, saying things, and this is like within this last year, uh, starting in 2019, get up. This is going to go much quicker than you think. You know, he said, veer off. They're heading for destruction. And I, and I know that one was given about a, a year ago this last September. Um, and then he said, you have a short window. Use this time wisely. And that was, um, I'm thinking in March of this year when COVID just started, uh, the shutdown started. And he said, the bridegroom shall suddenly come to its temple. There shall be no more delays. And and then he said, when it was in full swing, he gave a message that the lions are roaring. Gird yourself. And, and saints, we're witnessing, you know, just as we're witnessing, the devil has that fear and, and confusion running rampant around the globe. I mean, he's roaring in our face. He's mocking God, okay? And God says, gird yourself. And it's uh, covered in the last broadcast, the Lord stressing the need for us to prepare for the fight. You know, as as 1 Timothy 6.12 tells us to fight the good fight of faith. Right. Um, And what's been shown by the Spirit since my last visit uh, it shed a lot of light on the urgency of this particular admonition to prepare for the fight. So I want to pick it up there and go forward. And I believe that was the last audio I played was her last. So, you know, if you do a keyword search for it on my website or I'm going to give you a link to where this is at, you should be able to find it and see what if you want to know what the last one was. Let me kind of pull up, I have kind of an outline here, but, but God's calling upon his, his remnant to do something, okay? He, he's calling upon us to partner with him, if you will, in this next phase. And, and I'll share more about that in a few minutes. But first, I'd like to talk about the glimpses he's given of what we can expect now and, and what I believe to be our immediate future. And... 
Now, I'm going to share what's been given within the last two or three months and, and cover mostly um, in order in the order it was given because I, I really believe the Holy Spirit's taken me through a general scenario of what we'll be entering shortly. You know, if not already for some, I mean, we're, we're in there. <laughs> we'll be going through various stages. So as I go through, I'll be reading sections of certain posts uh, from the website. And the first one that I want to share is titled, Are You Willing to Suffer for Me? And I went, I went through a period where, where I felt led to just be quiet before him, you know, to sit in his presence and um, seek him for the next steps. Uh, the Holy Spirit had begun, um, well, begun communicating that big changes were coming. And I knew in my spirit that a new season was about to begin and, um, and that his people would soon be faced with situations and testing as never before. And I didn't want to do anything at that point without being sure I was being led by God. So I got quiet before him for some time. And um, it was the first part of September, the Lord had me move. And he actually said, go from the center of a large city to a remote rural area. And just before the move, God said. So if you didn't hear that, she, she felt that God was leading her to go from the center of a large city to a remote rural area. When you leave here, shut the door and do not look back. He also showed that uh, where he was sending me was to be a, a place of prayer. So I, you know, I was very excited at the time to be stepping out, you know, in this new direction. You know, but at the same time, I was a little intimidated at the thought of living in a, in a remote place by myself. So ask, I asked, Lord, who will help me? You know, am I to be out there all alone? And he said, you will not be alone. I will be with you. So I went. You know, I moved. Now, <clears throat> the first few weeks were filled with busyness of the move and getting all unpacked and settled. And, and uh, I remember uh, during, you know, the hustle bustle, I kept giving God thanks and thinking, what a place to be totally alone with you to pray. You know, Hallelujah was my attitude. And then things began to settle down. And then came the silence. And saints, it was a deafening silence like I hadn't experienced before. I, I felt alone. I felt very cut off from everything I knew. You know, it, it became increasingly difficult to focus, you know, for me to pray uh, everything. I felt like I wasn't hearing God. I couldn't hear God. Everything was silent. But I continued to seek Him. You know, I continued uh, doing the things I knew to do, those uh, spiritual disciplines of prayer, study, you know, fasting, but the silence continued. And then came uh, the interrogation with questions such as, why was I out here? Why am I out here alone? Had I really heard God correctly? You know, I, I, I started second-guessing myself. And then on the morning of September 23rd, 
uh, it was shortly after a time of prayer and study, the Holy Spirit whispered, all with unveiled face are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. And I was startled because it, it seemed to come out of nowhere, out of the blue. All with unveiled face are being transformed into his image from glory to glory. Unveiled. Has to do with the masks. Yeah. Again, what have we been saying about the whole COVID thing? It's a gigantic occult ritual. Masking our faces, which is a form of submission to the devil, essentially. Six feet apart, six, 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 you know, everywhere you turn. All of this browbeating and, and um, submission over this total satanic lie scamdemic. And then ultimately, you know, then they want you to do the testing to get your, only God knows what they're implanting in people. Now, maybe not every test, but some. And then ultimately to bring us to the, to the uh, DNA altering, rewriting, cultured off aborted baby with nanotechnology vaccines. Uh, I mean, I'm learning more and more all the time. Mike Adams just released a thing on why they got to have it at so cold. It has to do with the nanotech, among other things. So we know 100% for sure that the whole COVID agenda is a satanic agenda to bring us into satanic submission. To do with what I've been praying and studying. So, you know, I asked for further understanding, you know, about this word. And the rest of the day, I, I started researching everything I could get my hands on in Scripture about a veil um, as well as its, its various uses, you know. And, of course, we know a veil's used to hide, to disguise. Um, what is it? Exodus twenty six thirty three to separate, you know. And then God began to show the marked contrast between his ways and the ways of darkness. And in Ezekiel 13, Verses 18 to 21, it shows how charms and veils are used in witchcraft. You know, even today, during uh, many satanic initiation ceremonies, you know, I'm sure a lot of you know, they stand six feet apart with their mouths veiled, and this is done to show submission mm -hmm. to their new master mm -hmm. during the initiation ceremony. Um I was, I was fascinated. I didn't know that. But yeah. uh, Paul said that the veil's taken away in Christ. And when we turn to the Lord, the veil is removed. Amen. In 2 Corinthians 3, verses 12 through 18, you can read about that. But God requires total transparency with nothing hidden as we come before him. So that's a pretty big contrast, you know, hide yourself, veil yourself, you know, Big contrast. That night, in a dream, I saw a sea of people all over the world wearing masks of every shape and color. And the Lord made clear the spiritual realm was manifesting into the natural. Right. With the church, little c, church, blending in perfectly yes. with the masses. Um, the faces of the church and the world were fully veiled and masked. 
Yep. You know, and this is what I've been screaming about, partly at least. I have went over this occult aspect of it. Since the beginning of this whole satanic uh, uh, agenda of COVID-19. you know, 19. So she's just really uh, confirming a lot of the stuff that, we've, that we have already covered uh, in previous, previous months. Fitting that her mouth be covered because the church refused to speak forth the truth of God. Wow. And I was reminded upon awakening of the dreams, uh, the dream and word given on September of uh, 2019. And it was a few months before all the COVID stuff began, and that was titled, Beer Off. They are headed for destruction. And thanks in that dream, the world and the church all were walking in lockstep agreement in the same direction. Even the same, you know, the same quick pace uh, towards what God called destruction. Right. So the Lord... And, and it reminds me, you know, of the Bible verse, you know, broad is the way which leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go thereat. Narrow is the way which leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find it. And <clears throat> this is why I've been so adamant about this, because it's just not about, oh, wearing a mask and... and getting your tests and, and taking a there's a lot there's a lot of spiritual implications here you're aligning yourself with the luciferian agenda you're coming in and the, the church is totally in, in the alternative conservative media i mean again i was just trying to stomach a little bit of sean hannity today i was as i was driving around and you know they're just they're they're like praising the fact that we're going to have these these vaccines and and lauding the fact that oh there's a supposed 90 to 95 percent success rate depending on what vaccine they're all messenger rna vaccines that will totally rewrite your dna cultured off aborted babies most of them and i'll have nanotech and only god knows what else in there they're not saying a word about it as far as i know dave hodges is, is pretty much okay with it too he's not calling any of this out he's made I, i've heard several of his broadcasts as of in fact i had a patient uh patient uh listener email me today and say is, is dave hodges on board with this am i interpreting this right and she she sent me the thing and i said actually that's one of the milder um audios he's put out where he just wants it to be safe he wants it to be tested that's that's dave's biggest criteria and it's like are you serious but because see trump is behind it and bringing us operation warp speed then it can't be really bad, right? Because Trump would never, ever deceive us or betray us. Never. So, or they'll just get, they'll say the vaccine's wicked. And then like Jones is doing now is saying, well, Trump has the good vaccine and Gates has the bad one. And Trump's trying to bring us the good. I mean, there, there's, there's so many sickening, disgusting, satanic ways. The people in the alternative, um, media and the alternative christian media are are either they just totally ignore trump or if they do admit anything they'll say well it's it's okay the, the vaccine's going to be good or trump's bringing us the good vaccine there is no such thing as a good vaccine from a satanic medical pharma cartel that is bent on implementing lucifer's agenda so it's it's almost universal they're in lockstep with this agenda now um so many people that call themselves Christians. Reminded me of that upon awakening, he linked that veer off their heading for destruction dream that was given over a year ago 
to what's happening now by showing that same group, a sea of people, this time, um, that you know, the church and the world, but now they were all masked and veiled. So he connected that together, and at that point I asked, Lord, what would you have me do? I mean, what, what are you telling Tell me, what, what, what should I do? And I prayed. I prayed fervently for more revelation before, you know, going to bed that night. And it was the very next morning the Holy Spirit said, I, I mean, I got up and was walking across the room in the kitchen, and he said, are you willing to suffer for me? Are you willing to be inconvenienced? And thanks, a, a few minutes ago I was telling you how I'd been going through a severe trial of feeling lonely and isolated, uh, unable to focus or hear from God. Well, just after receiving this dream of everyone being masked and being asked the question, are you willing to suffer for me? The agony and warfare and spirit, it really intensified. Uh, it was as if a dark cloud encircled me, and, and I couldn't do much more than just hold on. And I believe I had to go through to a degree, you know, some of what I'm being asked to share with you now uh, so that I could get a glimpse of it, if you will. But the Lord's faithful, and he had prepared me for the fight. You know, looking back, I see he provided everything needed. Okay, he told me to go when it was time to leave my previous residence. And as I shared... He also told me to shut the door when I left and not look back. And he promised I wouldn't be alone, that he would be with me. And I was tested on every one of those points. You know, my physical flesh was screaming to go back. Like, like, did I make a mistake? Did God really tell me to come here out of, you know, out in the middle of nowhere? You know, in essence, it was like, uh, like the children of Israel longing to go back for the conveniences of Egypt, you know, where things were easier and more convenient. But uh, being alone in extreme quietness, not hearing or feeling, you know, not I couldn't even feel the presence of God. And it would have been unbearable if I hadn't previously heard his clear instructions to go, that I wouldn't be alone, he'd be with me, and that I was to shut the door when I left and not look back. If I hadn't already been pressing into God in order to hear his voice before all this happened, I don't even want to think about how it would have turned out, you know, because uh, let me tell you, the enemy came in to present alternatives to me to ease my suffering. And no one knows about some of those things that were being offered to me. Uh, and I praise God. In the very midst of this trial, he asked if I was willing to suffer for him, to be inconvenienced. So when he asked that, I mean, it's like, bam, I held on for dear life, refusing to believe what my senses were telling me, that I was all alone and, and all these those things. And I chose to believe God at all costs. And that question, are you willing to suffer for me? You know, once I was able to answer yes, the Lord mightily took 
to show where the enemy was coming through. And, and, and it turned out it was something he had already, again, he had already instructed me to do upon my arrival, but I did, uh, it was something I procrastinated on. But as soon as this was carried out, the dark cloud lifted immediately. And <clears throat> saints, everything's converging now. You know, all the veiling and distancing going on, it's the devil's uh, initiation ceremony, like phase one, okay, of what's to come, of his plan. This is his plan anyway. But we're not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. God shed light on it, okay? God shed light on it. Right now, the church as a whole is walking right along with the world, even looking like them. But in that dream, they're off, you know, they're headed for destruction. The past or to veer onto is a tiny exit ramp and we'll not be able to see where it leads. And God called it, uh, during that dream, he called it uncharted territory. And it's a total walk of faith, as we know. And I believe it's right where we are today. We're approaching the exit ramp. Okay, the next phase is about to begin. And those with ears to hear are hearing this call. God's giving his people a heads up, you know, so we can prepare our hearts and understand that to continue walking with the masses, continuing to look and act just like them, will lead to our destruction. And just ahead, we're not going to be able to to stay blended in, okay? And when you heed the call, the voice of God to veer off, to lead the herd, your flesh is going to scream for you to go back, and you'll be presented with alternatives to appease your flesh. But again, God's asking, are you willing to suffer for me? Are you willing to be inconvenienced? Because it's not going to be comfortable for our flesh, you know. It won't feel safe and cozy, and the devil's going to hit us. He's going to hit you with similar tactics as I described a minute ago, and they're going to be tailored just for you. But God's saying to us, saints, he's saying, when you leave, shut the door and do not look back. You will will not be alone. I will be with you. All, All unveiled faiths are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. God's letting us know his people those with the unveiled faces are to be transformed into the same image. And we know it's the image of our risen Savior. The unveiled ones are those who will not submit to the devil. They will not bow their knee to anyone except the true King of kings and Lord of lords. And that's only to Jesus Christ. And these will be taken through a process of final cleansing and purification in order to be transformed into his very likeness. It won't be a comfortable process, and he's asking you right now if you're willing to go through it. You know, are you willing to suffer for him? And saints, let me now fast forward to last month. Let me pull something up here. The evening of October 19th, um, because it seems to confirm that this is exactly where we are now, approaching that exit ramp. I was continually awakened through the night by a very disturbing uh, image 
many images just flashing through. Uh, it was as if I was watching a movie, seeing faces of individuals in great distress. I mean, their faces had like a look of great distress on them. They had a look of fear and panic. You know, something had happened suddenly, catching them by surprise. And they didn't know which way to turn. You know, the scene then changed. Then I could see what was happening. I'm going to read this exactly here. I saw myself standing outside in pitch darkness. My cell phone was in my hand, but it was useless. Electronic communications had been cut off. In the spirit, I could see several brethren who lived outside the U.S. attempting to reach me, and they were unable to do so. Okay, Just as I began to feel great distress, at the thought of being cut off from other members of the body of Christ, I realized, like, wait a minute, I could still see and feel them in the Spirit. And it was at this exact moment I heard the Lord say, you will not need a telephone. And when I woke up, there was a great sense of imminence to what I'd seen and heard. And it seemed most, if not all, the U.S. had been cut off from the outside world, and those outside the U.S. were able to use their devices, just not able to get through to me. So we've talked a lot about grid-down scenario, uh, and <clears throat> that being the case for America, because America, like we've said, is the last domino they need to fall in order to implement the New World Order. So they would really <clears throat> want to focus in on that type of grid-down scenario for America, and that would be a lot of confirmation of what we've talked about in, in like the last year regarding that subject. Rooms with light, you know, suggesting they still had electricity while we were in total darkness. I was not shown what caused this, okay? But during the dream, I knew it to be a sudden and deliberate silencing of the U.S. and shown she will be the first or among the first to be dealt with in this manner. And as the impact of it all hit me, I too felt that sense of panic begin to rise. But God quickly brought my attention back to what he had said, you will not need a telephone. And then a great peace came over he, over me. <clears throat> excuse me. And the Holy Spirit began reminding of the many words and visions he's given about the real network. And in that, I was shown the brides being uh, miraculously networked together right now. I saw individuals being called out, separate, separated, and going through an intense purification process. And, and what I referred to a minute ago, uh, the Lord then placing them, within his body as it pleases him, you know, according to 1 Corinthians 12, 18. And at an appointed time, God's network will be complete. And that's God's network. The bride of Christ will come. She will become that holy habitation for our God, spoken of in Ephesians 2, 22. She will rise above the darkness, taking her seat in Christ Jesus at the right hand of the Father. And as the bride takes her seat, the net will be released to bring in the greatest harvest ever to hit the planet. And the kingdom of darkness truly trembles at the thought. And the plan of the enemy 
is to do whatever he can to stop the body, you know, the bride of Christ, from rising and uniting with her head, the groom, the bridegroom. And Satan knows God's networking his people together through the Holy Spirit. So he's feverishly working on his own networking system. And as with everything the devil does, it's a counterfeit of what God's doing. He's attempting to build his network within the bodies of humans. So like zombies, they can be activated and controlled by various uh, high-frequency technologies. And it appears he believes he can actually stop the plan of God. Okay, so now let's stop here for a sec. So what have we been talking about? In, in, the, in the weeks where we, we learn more and more about the, the nanotech, not only is your DNA going to be rewritten by the vaccines, and that by itself is going to turn you into some type of non-human entity, humanity 2.0, which is the essence of transhumanism, and you're going to be on a demonic wavelength from that, but then you're also going to have nanotech in you that will be updated from all the 5G that's increasingly coming online. And maybe this is a big reason. The devil knows that what she's talking about is... And it, and it really depends on how quickly the body of Christ gets up to speed on this. And, and again, we're, we're just kind of scratching the surface now. But really starts to, uh, again, this is going to get to the throne, the throne room of God a little bit later. I really believe the devil knows that's going to happen. Because he has, he has um, foresight into the future as well. I mean, he, you know. He knows how the book of Revelation ends and Daniel and these types of things. So one of the reasons I think that this all of a sudden in this year 2020, things got so crazy aggressive and just the, the and it was almost like I said, they pushed all their chips and they don't care anymore. They're just, it's almost like they're just beyond reckless. They're coming out and, and, and saying, yeah, we want the great reset. And yeah, and it's almost like they don't care anymore. If you know, well, part of that may be due to desperation. Part of that may be due to knowing what she's talking about is coming and they're trying to preemptively get us so far into evil and get everybody so frustrated and so hopeless that you'll just give up and you won't fulfill your calling. You won't fulfill your books and you'll just give up. And that's, that's the opposite of faith. And it's tough because you, you look around and everything just seems to be getting more insane and darker every single day. But there's a remedy, and this is the remedy, I believe, what we're looking at here. And it's powerful, and Satan knows that. So I, I just kind of wanted to throw that in there. But God in heaven merely laughs. Yeah. He's laughing at their feeble, feeble plan, saying, Yeah. That's stated in Psalms 2-4. Saints, we need not be concerned about this world's internet and, and the communication systems or uh, other plans of the enemy as their vastly inferior physical imitations of God's way of communicating through the Spirit. And Jesus said, do nothing by himself, but only what he saw his Father doing, and only say what he heard the Father say. John 5, verse 19. He didn't need a telephone to do the work of his father. 
Jesus didn't need Google to see Nathaniel sitting under the fig tree before ever meeting him, wow. as mentioned in John 1, verse 48. Yeah. And it says in 1 John 1, 7, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. That's that flowing in the Spirit together. And brethren, it's crucial that we study the walk of Jesus while he was on the earth. I think that's very important because the Word tells us as he is, so are we in this world. And Jesus told his followers they would do even greater works than him. That's right. You know, the night before his crucifixion, he gave the key to walking as he walked. He said, abide in me and I in you. Yep. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me, John 15. And then it says, abide in me and if my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it will be given. So abiding in Jesus has a lot to do with um, having, you know, being in the word, okay? And memorizing the word and i and i've said this for years but a lot of it hinges upon that aspect of it uh so you might even want to do like a keyword search on blue level blue letter bible about abide just you know and that's where he talks about that jesus does in in the new testament and as we abide in him the rivers of living water jesus spoke of will begin to flow into us through us and outward touching others. Right. When God's network is fully activated, the Holy Spirit flowing unhindered between the members will not be dependent upon the provisions of this world. And again, Satan's trying to bring his network online, but it's see, it's finite. It's it's it, that's has a lot to do with the five G. That's really bringing up, and then the 6G. That's why Satan is so frantically trying to bring this 5G and the 6G online because it's gonna ne- it's gonna be the Internet of Things. It's gonna be the network of the beast because he sees this coming, and this is Satan's answer to what um, Diane is talking about here. So, th- if you look at it in that light, it's it make it starts to make more sense. Apply all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And the Lord spoke the following to me in 2016. He said, tell my people the time will come when no man can work, but with God all things are possible. Yeah. Saints, as calamities unfold all around and we begin to enter uncharted territory, God wants to encourage his people. He's telling us to fear not. Amen. Now, I'd like to share what the Holy Spirit asked a few days ago. Now, before I do that, I want to first go to the first week in February of this year when the Lord gave some specific instructions one night uh, through the repetition of a dream. And I'm going to read sections of this post so that I won't miss anything. Okay, in in the dream, it was as if I was put into a role of a detective of some sort. And I kept hearing the word watch, observe. 
and I was sifting through papers and separating certain ones and putting them aside. And it was it was like I was a fly on the wall just watching. I wasn't shown the content of what I was looking at or what I was supposed to be looking for. And as I awoke, I heard the Holy Spirit say, watch and observe, gather the evidence. Now, at the time, I had no idea what God was referring to. So I wrote it down. You know, I wrote down the dream and the word given, and I began praying for interpretation. But it wasn't until the latter part of March, after the lockdowns began, that the Lord showed what it was his people were to watch and gather evidence on. And many saints have now awakened to the fact what we see happening and unfolding on a global scale has nothing to do with our virus. Right. Okay, we're watching a plan. Yes. To subdue the masses. Right. And take- it's the Great Reset. And now they're openly, as of the last two to three weeks, they're openly admitting it. Trudeau's come out and said, it, the, the Klaus Schwab, I mean, these are all the highest level, you know, at least figurehead, Luciferian, Illuminati. They're all openly admitting it now because they feel they're so far advanced. It's also a Kabbalistic principle to, to warn the the, um, the minions, the sheeple that they would refer to of what their, what their plans are for them. So it's out in the open. Of our lives being played out around the world. And the veil's being lifted what's being exposed is pure evil saints we're witnessing a level of unimaginable wickedness growing by the day as we all know now i'm going to fast forward to the morning of november 4th um after some time in prayer the lord asked are you ready to submit the petition I mean, I was totally shocked. Uh, And this is when. (laughs) This is when. Oh, man, I didn't know she was going to go here. I had no clue. I had no clue. I've only heard one person talk about the courts of heaven. I didn't even know. I had no clue. (laughs) And then this happened. That I'll play you now. Talking with another saint regarding the uh, Gather the Evidence screen that I just read to you. We were just talking about Gather the Evidence. And the Holy Spirit then downloaded further revelation as to why instructions to gather evidence were given and what we're to do with such evidence. Now, I'm sure many of you know much more than I know about how the legal system works, so so I ask you to bear with me as I go through this. But evidence is gathered to gain a conviction in a court of law, okay? Yes. The investigating party must gather sufficient legally admissible evidence to convince the judge yes. a suspect is guilty. Amen. And once such evidence is gathered, it's submitted to the court via a petition. Yes. You know, a formal petition um, is oftentimes signed by many people before being submitted for a particular cause. So in essence, it's submitted by a group sometimes. So, But God's shown by this question, he's waiting on his saints to petition him, the courts of heaven, to render 
his righteous judgment. Oh, man. And I was shown this hasn't happened. No, it hasn't. Okay? And this, I, and again, guys, I just got a hold of this this year. Okay. I wasn't aware of this either. And I know you're not still aware of it if, if this is the first time you're hearing this. And we're going to go, the next part, I'm going to try to squish this into one part. And then the next part, we're going to actually play part one on a teaching on the courts of heaven. And that's all I'm going to do for today. And wet your appetite. And then if you want to go further with it, you, you know, I'll try to give you the resources to do that. But this is so awesome and so cool and such a weapon. And I've already seen it work. Okay. So, I mean, in a miraculous way, and then she says this, oh man, I'm telling you, this, this is awesome. This is mega, mega power, mega awesome. This is so powerful, what you're getting ready to learn. As a whole, petition God to render his judgment. Because most of God's people are desperately holding on to this world. Yes. Okay, the church as a whole is afraid of the judgments of God. Because yes. they're looked upon in a negative light. Exactly. You know, something to be feared. Mm -hmm. But the Lord shown this will soon change. Now, how many times have you heard me mention that... When God judges wickedness, good things always happens, and that is what we need. We Let's face it, guys. If things keep going the way that they're going, the Bible says that no flesh would even be spared. Okay, so something's got to give. Something's got to change. And the only, the emissaries on planet Earth are the Christians. So it's up to us to implement this. Now, I'm saying, I'm not saying God couldn't come in and do it all, but it's a, it's a team effort. It's the way it works out scripturally. Okay, but we weren't aware or operating in this and i believe this has to do with sealing up these books until the time of the end where it talks about in daniel and now we're getting greater revelation because we need it in order to battle what is being done and what is coming this is the remedy to that we have the remedy right here and it's just it's awesome change and we will cry out to him as we know, uh, judgment begins with the house of God. And he's telling us to gird yourself. He's telling us to prepare. And I believe we begin that process, think, by examining our heart and laying it bare before him. God's asking each of us, do you truly want the kingdom of God to come? Do you really want his will to be done on the earth? Or do you only want your discomforts eased to the point you can resume your normal right. life in the midst of this wicked generation? Yes. Do you and I truly want repentance to sweep this nation and the world, you know, to bring in that great harvest we've been praying for? Saints, we've all been praying for this coming harvest. You know, we've been praying to be used by God in this harvest. But there's a lot that first has to take place. Something has to happen to bring this world to their knees before God in repentance. God's judgments are given in His goodness and mercy. Amen. And they're used to awaken those who will to bring repentance unto salvation. 
They're used to bring repentance unto salvation. This is how In other words, God's judgments are our only hope. That's the remedy for all this. The COVID-19 wicked thing. God's judgments on this wickedness, on all these wicked evil schemes. And that doesn't mean, you know, status quo. That doesn't mean, okay, what, no, it means things are going to change big time. But if this doesn't happen, then wickedness is just going to increase and take over and no flesh will be spared. Now, we know that's not the way it works out, though, according to the word of God. So this is how the tide gets turned. But like she said, the body of Christ isn't doing this as of yet, not in enough numbers. Uh, so that's why I'm doing the study to get a whole bunch more people on board with this and for them to get up to speed as soon as possible on this so that they can actually start petitioning the courts of heaven regarding this matter. Many that we've been praying for will finally be brought to their knees. Mm-hmm. It'll only be after their idols are brought down and swept away, and they finally seek the one true God. And that applies to all of us, right? Mm -hmm. All of our idols have to be brought down and swept away. And the Word assures us God's judgments are true and righteous in Revelation 19.2. And Jesus said... Now is the judgment of this world when the ruler of this world will be cast out. And that when he, Jesus, is lifted up, he will draw all people to himself. John 12, verse 1 through 32. And in Exodus 6, 6 says, He will redeem his people with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. Wow. God's asking, are you ready to submit the petition to ask for his good and righteous judgment Amen. to begin? Amen. Are we ready to do that? Mm. God's telling us in advance the purifying fire will hit the church first. Yep. As judgments begin with the house of God, right. Peter 4, uh, 17. When judgment begins within the church... There'll be no hiding behind veils. There'll be no blending in with the rest of the world because God says all with unveiled face are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. We'll be called out ones. We'll be separated. We'll go through an intense purification process like, like already discussed and placed within his body as it pleases him to become that holy habitation for our God. And I want to mention a word the Lord spoke back in 2017. And this post is titled, You Will Be My Instruments of Righteousness. And I don't have time to go through that tonight. Um, but it was given for the days just ahead. And you can read that later on the website if you feel led to do so. But I said uh, before, remember, I asked. What I'm going to do for this, there's not going to be a PDF because I, I'm, I just, this is really off the cuff. I'll probably post all the pertinent things like the link to this audio 
uh, some other links in just like the the header for there's I'm hoping to just make this a two-part teaching I'll post all the the pertinent links in just like the where I would normally list table of contents I'll list it like there and because I really want to get this up and out and time is of the essence and that'll give you the information you need to kind of start moving in that the right direction the Lord let me just pull this up because I want to give two or three scriptures. Remember I did uh, say before that the Lord's asking his remnant to do something, to partner with him? Let, let me show here. That I think these show how we'll be partnering with God after our purification is complete and how we'll be used as his instruments of righteousness, assisting you know, in bringing in that great harvest we've all been praying about. Now, in 2 Corinthians 10, um, verse 5 to 6, I'm going to read this and pay special attention to the end here, which most people don't even read that far. But For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Mm. Let me say that again. Being ready, us being ready to punish all obedience when your obedience... All disobedience. When our obedience is filled. Meaning when we get right with God. And I think what she's in reference to here is when this... In this particular case, when our purification is complete. When we're ready to be used. Um, a vessel fit for the master's use. The Bible talks about. I, I'm not... I don't think I'm there. I don't. I don't think I'm there yet. I really don't. <laughs> I'd be the first to admit it. You know, I'm not looking forward to that. But... I am looking forward to to being a vessel fit for the master's use. I am um, looking forward to, you know, God make me your battle axe and weapon of, weapon of war, like the Bible talks about. And I think my calling is going to be a little bit different than most um, in that in that time period because I've always felt that I'm supposed to just, you know, <laughs> battle battle the stuff that goes the bump that goes uh, bump in the night. That's where I've always had my biggest. Like, put me right in the middle of it, God. I, I want to just translate me there. Whatever you got to do. I don't care how many of them there are. I don't care how wicked they are. I don't care where it's at. I will go. And if I die, I die. But I don't believe I'm going to because I have enough faith to believe that it's God's battle. And it's not me, but it's what he can do through the body of Christ. And everybody's going to have a different calling. But I think, I really believe this is how we get there. You've been wondering how how you're actually going to get, and like you maybe have this this desire. You you feel like, man, I've always had this inkling and this this uh, desire, and I've always felt like I'm supposed to do this, but you've never really had the opportunity to get there. Well, this is probably how you're going to get there. And God is looking for you know people in the remnant that are willing to lay it all down, to give it all up. I mean, let's face it, there's just nothing that, that, I mean, if things keep progressing, and I don't see any reason that they're not going to, unless God's righteous judgments come, 
there's nothing left in this world anyway. You know, there, there's not going to be if things, if God doesn't judge wickedness. Um, so this is, I really believe this is the way and the remedy um, for all this wickedness that we're facing. And he's going to use the remnant mightily. I believe that. Our obedience is fulfilled. And in Psalms 149, 5-9, it says, Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand yes. to execute judgment on the nation Amen. and punishment. Amen. Don't you want to see wickedness? Aren't you sick and tired of seeing wickedness prevail? And, and everywhere you look in the courts and the mass media, every all this deception with, with, with Trump and everything, and, and even, I mean, Biden's side's no better, but just all this, these lies and this wickedness and the right-left paradigm, aren't you, and all the, all the stuff that, you know, all this wickedness that we see around us, people that are TIs, uh, targeted individuals, I mean, they're just, they're buried in it all day long. They're just followed everywhere they go. And, wouldn't it be great when the day comes when you actually become this instrument of righteousness that's going to actually go forth and judge this wickedness? And then what's going to happen? Let me tell you what's going to happen. People are going to see that. And great fear will fall upon them, just like when Ananias and Sapphira died because they lied about the money issue. What happened? What was the result? Well, great fear fell upon those that saw it. Many were added to the Christians and many got saved. It, when God judges wickedness, good things always happen, is the point there. And there's not a lot of people in the remnant right now, guys, that, that, are, that are even knowing what we're telling you today, much less wanting to operate. They're holding on to this present world, you know? And um, I'm not saying there's not things I don't need to let go of. I'm not saying, oh, I'm Mr. Perfect and I'm so ready and I'm probably going to get my butt kicked when all this happens you know i mean you know i've been through the valley with god before and I, I i know what it's like to suffer i guarantee you i know what it's like to suffer but i did that all to myself this is i think this is going to be a little bit different the purification that they're talking about and i don't know it's going to be different for everybody some people are a lot more ready for this than others some people that might not be that that bad they're they've been wanting and praying for this or whatever for a long time and then some people are like totally holding on to the world they they may be saved but they're they're holding on to the world and they're afraid to let go and and they, and they want to preserve their way of life and it's just i don't see any possible way that's going to happen and this is the remedy biblically for how god gets glory on how the harvest comes in how many get saved this is man this is what i've been wanting for so long i have never been more fired up over anything i've ever heard since i've been a christian Seriously, have I ever said that before? I mean, if this don't get you fired up, your wood's wet. Sorry, a little Baptist humor there. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with feathers, feathers of iron. To execute on them the written judgment. Wow. And in John 5, verse 22, and also skipping over to verse 26 and 7. Father judges no one but has committed all judgment to his son so he has granted the son to have life in himself and has given him authority 
to execute judgment. Saints, it says the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son and has given him authority to execute judgment. And Ephesians 1, verse 22 and 23 says, God placed all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Uh, This is talking about the body of Christ, the bride being called, chosen, and purified. Okay, she's being transformed into his likeness. And at the appointed time, her transformation will be complete, and she'll go forth in his fullness, you know, in the power and authority given her by the bride. And another thing to think about, if you've been wondering, when is this all going to happen, when the bride's going to be purified, and when all this is going to happen, and then the bride will be, well, if it's not now, when, when, when will it possibly ever be? With the darkness that we're facing, if it doesn't happen now, no flesh will survive like the bible says if, if jesus said if i didn't shorten those days no flesh would survive but i mean and again if, if that just meant that everything just kept going the way it was well this has got to happen i mean if not now real soon <laughs> you know i don't see any biblical um way that that can gets kicked down the road personally right groom the bride will enter into the enemy's camps and territory, yeah. bind the strong men, and set <laughs> captives free. Yeah, praise the Lord. Thanks, God's telling his people. <laughs> I, just, I, I want to start winding down here, Ooh. but I want to cover and go over. He's telling his people, we must be prepared for the fight. Mm. Because each <laughs> of us will have to contend for the faith yeah. delivered to us. <laughs> Yeah. So now's the time, thanks, mm. to get quiet before him, to sit in his presence, okay, deepening our intimacy with him. We all need to be able to hear and recognize his voice to receive our individual instructions yes. for the days ahead. Yep. Uh, a new season's coming, and we'll soon be faced with situations and testing as never before. And the Lord's asking if we're willing to suffer for him. And he wants us to know in advance a division's coming, you know, where his people will be called upon to completely veer off this path to destruction. And God's telling us we'll need to shut the door and not look back. Okay, he's telling us that we'll not be alone because we'll be with him. He's going to be with us. In this walk of faith, our God assures us he's our portion. He's telling us we won't need the technologies. We won't need the other provisions of man. And and I'm reminded just as when Jesus sent his disciples out two by two, you know, he told them to take nothing else with them. Yet they lacked nothing. No, they told him. He true. asked them, did you lack it? They lacked nothing. Yep. Saints, talking about a time of transformation for his remnant, where all with unveiled face are going to be transformed into the same image. 
And the second Corinthians 10 says, once our obedience is fulfilled, we'll be ready to punish all disobedience. Yes, amen. At an appointed time, <laughs> this transformation will be complete. Ooh. And the bride of Christ will come forth to be that holy habitation for our God. Okay. And as a bride stretches forth her hands to be used as his instrument of righteousness, the biggest rescue mission in the history of mankind will take place. Saints, these are the things, you know, that need to happen before that harvest that we've been praying about for can actually take place. And before you and I are qualified to be used by God in the harvest, something has to happen to bring this world to our knees before God in repentance. And God's asking are you ready to submit the petition? God's waiting on his saints to petition him to render judgment. He's waiting on us to ask for his good and righteous judgment to begin. Yes. And I'm just going to, to stop there. You know, I feel led that that's a good stopping place. And, uh, John, I'm going to... Okay, so I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm running out of time here. But I'm gonna ma- try to max this part out and 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 let this other gentleman talk as well because he has some really good insights as well. Um, I, I have the same quip to add to this is that on many occasions, many occasions, and I and I've even done it on the prayer vigil. I have said to our Father, um, you know. Let's move forward with the judgments. Your will be done. Um, you know, I have prayed for the judgments to move forward because I know, as so many don't, but a lot of us do, that to get to where it so is. So just if you're not fully getting this, when people that are right with God, the remnant Christians, start petitioning the courts of heaven for God's righteous judgments to be in the earth, and you know to judge all these and however you feel led in a court in this courtroom the courtroom setting. Now we're going to learn more about that in part two, okay? That is probably most likely when you're going to actually start to see the hand of God move, and it hasn't happened yet, guys. And that's why, you know, it just seems like evil is encroaching and and, and we're losing, okay? But I'm telling you right now, that's. We, we got some good things we're, that we're going to see from a godly stable. It may be really the most heavy-duty things you've ever witnessed ever, but I, I'm, I'm super uh, encouraged about this. To ultimately be, which is in the presence of Jesus, you know, and, and to, to ultimately, you know, leave this place, you know, unless we're planning on buying burial plots, um, you know, that we know we're going to have to go through those things. That that is that is the path that takes us to our home, and yes. and so why wouldn't you know why wouldn't somebody pray for that? Why would somebody pray against? And I know people, and and I all, all the only thing I can say for what it's worth, it's not worth worth a lot, but it is an observation. Just like we don't know. The hearts of the people that were praying for Trump to be reelected. Right. We we we're we're not God, and That's we don't right. know the hearts. We can assume That's that the right. vast majority of them were praying mm-hmm. a miss, 
omnits, as as uh, as James put it in his scripture. Yes. Um, he said the word. Um, they were praying amiss, meaning they didn't. They were they were praying, and they didn't have a wicked intention in their heart. They were praying amiss. They 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 weren't filled in on what Trump actually really is. Miss, but what we don't know is how many of them prayed in an holy and righteous enough manner to possibly persuade our Father. That same dynamic is also in play with the message that you just gave tonight. Because <laughs> to suggest that somebody such as my sister Paula is ever going to change how she prays, she will never change. She will never pray, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that your judgments come upon this earth. It will never happen with her. And there, and all of the seven mountains Christians, not a one of them will ever pray that way. Never. Because they are absolutely convinced that Jesus is going to come take over all seven mountains. They're going to take over, you know, Hollywood mm. and, oh, and yeah. the educational yeah, yeah. system and all the things that are currently completely yep. owned and saturated with satanic evil. Right. That somehow that's all going to change and Jesus is going to come in and take over all these different, you know, businesses. That's dominionism that I've talked about. You're going to get so good. They're going to make the, 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 the body of Christ is going to make things so good. That, and these are the ones that are saying Trump is the anointed man of God. and he's So understand, there's a lot of people, that, and, and they may not even be aware of that, but they're aligning themselves with dominionism, and they're going to make it so good that Jesus is just going to come back and take over all these wicked institutions. And, and But the Bible says that if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? He's not going to take something totally evil and make it good. Okay, That's not how God works. He'll destroy wickedness and start over. But he's not going to build upon a foundation of wickedness. Of course, all of us know that that's just never going to be the case. But but all the you know seven mountains mm-hmm. believers, all of the dominionist believers, yeah. uh, none of them are going to ever change how they pray. They're never mm-hmm. going to pray for the judgments to come. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. question is, mm-hmm. and this is only a question that God can answer. How many, and who are they? Because we know who they're not. We just don't know who they are. And we don't know what that number is that will be sufficient. You know, kind of like when Abram was having the discussion with Father. Mm-hmm. About, wait, is, is there 50 rates of speech? What about 20 rates of speech? But what about, it was almost like they were like, you know, bidding over how many would be all right, you know? Right, yeah. And so we're kind of in that place right now, but more... I agree. I totally agree. But I can say I, for one, have been praying for that for a long time because um, for two different reasons. Some people will pray, God, please do not allow your judgments to happen. I can name names. We've had some as guests on the show, and they're very great Christians. They're awesome Christians. But they will pray overtly. They will pray overtly, please, Father, don't judge don't let your judgments come. But in their heart, the reason they're praying that way is because they want more time to save more souls. Right. So they see the harvest right. as being an opportunity that exists now, but not an right. opportunity that exists during the judgment period. Mm-hmm. So they see that judgment mm-hmm. as a curtailment of the harvest. 
So they're asking for respite. Exactly. They're asking, please, Father, don't bring your judgments now. We need more time to harvest more people. That's how they pray. So their heart is in the right place, but mm-hmm. they don't understand um, uh, Isaiah 26, 9, where it says, when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Wow. The big harvest mm-hmm. is the one that comes when the darkness is at its worst. That's right. And there's and yes. the vast majority of believers out there do not understand that. Yes. Even the really anointed ones, they don't get it. And I, I just, I don't, mm-hmm. I, all I know is I'm already praying that way. And I pray Ooh. that more people do. I've Man, had that's that good. With my sister. Man, that's good. That is so good. What he just said, Isaiah 26, 8. Yea, in the way of thy judgments, O Lord, have we waited for thee. We're waiting for this. Okay, if we, if we really know what's best for humanity, what's best for even the body of Christ, we know that. Wickedness prospering is not good, right? Okay, well, that's what we're seeing, though. Well, yea, the way of thy judgments, O Lord, have we waited for thee. The desire of our soul is to thy name and to the remembrance of thee. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, this is what God's waiting on for us to petition in the courts of heaven. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Okay, well, let's turn that around. What about when God's judgments aren't in the earth? Well, then the inhabitants will not learn righteousness. They'll just continue on in their way, just like it's going now. Now, I'm not saying there's no, God's not judging any wickedness anywhere in the world. I'm just saying that when I believe that people a lot of Christians get on this page and get their head wrapped around this. This teaching that I'm putting up here tonight, man, you're gonna see, you're gonna see cataclysmically awesome, God-fearing things happen when God's judgments are in the earth. I mean, mm-mm-mm. <laughs> oh yeah. So let's get back to this. I said to, I said to her point blank on the phone. I said. What are you doing? You trying to pray away the Bible? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, please redact all of the Olivet Discourse and the Book of Revelation. Yeah, really. It's like, yeah. What? It's true. <laughs> no, I'm like praying. Let's get it on. Let's just get on with it. We're praying in the name of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Amen. Yeah. So we know like, you know? Why would why you want, want? Yeah, it's yeah. like, why would you want to continue in this world the way it is like this uh, and I'm like you I know I have to say almost most most of um, not my close personal but most of the people I know you know out there they're not they're wanting to hold on to the world as it is they're afraid they're afraid so they're afraid of the judgments so they don't see that as the the catalyst for repentance that will bring about when people fall to their knees, when everything's stripped, you yep. know, and, and uh, in other words, the shaking begins and everything falls except that which cannot be shaken. Only then will most people fall to their knees, whether it be in your own private life when that happens or as a, a worldwide situation, only then, yeah. you know, do most of us truly repent. And That's right. 
That's absolutely right. There's no such thing as an atheist on Foxhole. Amen. And and so, it, but it's even more complicated than that because then you have, which I was for like years and years and years and years and years, the whole pre-trib thing, you know. And it's like, oh well, mm-hmm. we're not going to be here for that. We're not going to be here for that bad time. We're not going to be here for this. So all the pre-tribbers, all the true pre-tribbers, not that, not the, you know, the, the, the there are some pre-trib folks out there that acknowledge there will be some difficult times to go through, but they're still essentially pre-tribulation type people. But the true, the mm-hmm. vast majority of pre-trib believers, the ones that were trained under Chuck Misler and Tim LaHaye and those mm-hmm. guys, right. they believe we're not, the body of Christ is gone, completely removed from the earth before anything bad happens. But then how do you explain all the martyrs in just the last hundred years how you explain the people that are getting martyred in the middle east every day and in china and that we don't even know about because they're christians i mean well it didn't work for them too much and i'm like and again i'm not here to get into pre-trip post-trip mid-trip debate i'm just saying though you know i mean there's a lot of things to think about absolutely not so we can't count on any of their prayers either because they're going to be praying against the judgments because they figure they're getting evacuated long yeah. before the judgments hit anyhow That's so right. where, where this really leads to you know to summarize it is we're essentially right back to where where April, oh, hold on a second here. My computer's going crazy on me. Oh, there we go. We're, we're actually right back to the place where Abraham was with Sodom and Gomorrah in a, in a way. I mean, it's like only our father knows yes. how many. And, and here's the other thing. Just based upon, like there's a scripture in the book of John that says something like, um, and we know that God does not hear sinners. That's a pretty profound statement. And, of course, there would be an exception to that rule, and that would be when they're crying out in repentance and confession. Um, You've got Psalm 66, 18. If I have iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. You've got the scripture. These are all sister verses, by the way. You've got the scripture in um, James, where you, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss. Which, by the way, is a sister verse of John fourteen thirteen and 14, where it says, If you ask anything in my name, it will be given to you, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. That's your quid pro quo. There's always a quid mm-hmm. pro quo. Right? Put all those together. But it, it says you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. So that's when you're, you're asking something like, I don't want a Corvette. I want a, you know, or, or something that's just, you know, just totally unnecessary type of thing. Yeah, those four verses together as brother and sister verses and evaluate all those that are even bothering to pray today of the two billion plus that claim to be Christians how many of those are even praying at all right and then ask right. yourself right. how many of those right fall into the this is profound what he says here and this is why i wanted to i'm going further over today than i've ever went on one part but i think i can still get it uploaded you ask a miss category yeah or you have iniquity Mm -hmm. in your heart right category now i've done teachings on the biblical keys to answered prayer that you can key in that that would address kind of this issue 
Okay, so just key in answered prayer in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Or, you know, yeah, there's just, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, when when I would see my, yeah. my, when my sister would send me these stadiums full of evangelical Christians all praying together. Yeah. And the first thing that would pop into my head was, what are they praying for? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. we yeah. don't know. But we don't know, you know, so what we're going to have to do is continue to encourage and educate more believers to help them understand that if you, oh, you know, yes. Yes, yes, what yes. I mean, because they don't get it. They just don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me insert something here. Um, like you said, what are they praying for? I've had occasion recently. Um, and this was, um, this was before, right before the election and even, um, I guess after where I happened to be, uh, with a few people and these, these, I I didn't know the people. I I just went to a a prayer thing with somebody, just a small intimate prayer meeting, uh, with someone I knew, but we went there and, um, let me just tell you this, and, and this has happened to me several times, but I just want to, um, prayer broke out, you know, they were praying, but John, not one, and, and they went around the room and said, not one asked for repentance, not one, and and they were asking for wisdom for, for our president, they were asking for this for they were asking for this, that, and the other uh, to be shown yes. um, for, uh, you know, and then their particular, peti- uh, excuse me, petitions. But I hadn't realized it at the time until it got to me. And, and but the, I had my... Now, this is in regard to Trump, okay? And again, he's openly stated, and I've played the clips where he says, I don't recall I've ever asked God for forgiveness for anything ever in my life ever. So, I mean, you know, that's kind of a problem there, you know, if that's the case, and it is, and then you have all the other stuff. Thank God, and just was vaguely aware, but uh, the Holy Spirit rose up mightily, and I began just praying for repentance. (laughs) Whatever it takes, I said, whatever it takes to drop him to his knees, you know, to cry out and repent, to, right. to turn his face towards you, yeah. and to listen to you only, and, and for a spirit of repentance to sweep around this United States and sweep around this world. And, and, and so, anyway, a couple of situations that I was in recently like that, I, I just want everyone, you said educate people, everyone start listening to the, what's actually spoken in the prayers they can sound so nice so wonderful so godly but they're not actually calling upon the repentance for sin okay i i'm just riled up when i think about that so well, you know what? She's right. about the need to repent right so so yeah. and i am a huge amen to what you're saying so here's the interesting dynamic and you can extrapolate this clearly from multiple verse passages throughout the Bible. And we, and we do this all the time on the, on, on the uh, prayer vigil. Whether somebody picks up on, on it or, or not, I don't know. But, um, for example, mm-hmm. 
Zechariah 3, verses 1 through 7, you see the Josh, Joshua the high priest taken before the courts of heaven. Now you have to measure this against Matthew 18, 18, where it says, that which is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven, that which is, is bound on earth is bound in heaven. That means these are this is binding and loosing clauses on contracts in the courtrooms of heaven. That's what that means. Most people don't under, even understand Matthew 18, 18. So we're already operating in the courts of heaven in our Okay, life. so now we go back to the courts of heaven. Okay, now, granted, you are you may not, like, oh, well, I've never heard that. Yeah, I understand. I'm going to play a part next, and then I'm going to give you some resources that you can get into where you can start learning about this. There's stuff you can uh, access online and things of this nature um, as well. We take Joshua, the high priest. Mm -hmm. Where is what, what did he what Zechariah see? He saw him standing before God. When Joshua, the high priest, was standing there, and, and Satan was accusing him. And our father said, knock it off. I mean, I'm totally summarizing it, but basically our father said, knock it off. Stop trying to accuse him. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Leave mm -hmm. him alone. Okay, and then, mm -hmm. then, here's the real key. Then our father says to the angels, take those filthy garments off of him and put on a clean, rich, white robe, and remove his, um, and place a clean turban upon his head. And then our father says to him, See, I have removed your iniquity, your sin, from you. Now, why is this an important concept to understand? Matthew 18, 18, reflect back. That which is bound on earth is bound in heaven, that which is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. So that, by virtue of that, if we are not um, if our prayers are not being hindered, First Peter three seven. That's the, that's a little scripture that talks about even a man and a woman being married if they're not getting along, it can hinder their their prayers. Hinder their prayers to right. be not heard before our Father. Right. That's how minor of an infraction. Right. It takes just yes. a husband and wife not getting along yes. is enough of a super important thing to you know to just get a hold of infraction. Yeah. That your prayers would be hindered. Now measure that against all the other behaviors that we're told not to do. All right, take that and measure that against Psalm sixty-six, eighteen. You know, if I have iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Uh, in the Book of John, where it says, you know, and we know that God does not listen to sinners. You, you take all the scripture. You, you 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 ask, you pray, but you do not receive because you ask amiss that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Did you pray because you were trying to glorify the Father, or did you pray for your own lusts? which could include safety and everything right. else. Yeah. You see yep. what I'm saying? And then when you look at all of that, yes. it really, and you also strongly consider the fact that Joshua had to be purified. Okay, so he's already in the courts of heaven. So, so do we then, right? Now, knowing these things, brethren, let us cleanse ourselves mm -hmm. of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness and the fear of God, First, uh, 2 Corinthians 7.1. I think so. I, uh, but anyway, the point is, it's okay to go ahead and pray for all of those other things that you were hearing them pray at your prayer, mm -hmm. at your prayer meetings. They were doing it out of order. The assumption that you're even qualified to go before the courts of heaven and raise a petition—you can't do those things if you're not a certified lawyer. If you're not, you're not even allowed to operate in the courts. It's just like here on earth. It's just like here on earth. You cannot walk mm -hmm, freely mm -hmm. into a courtroom. I believe me, I've been in a lot of courtrooms. Okay. <laughs> I get it. And a lot of times I was not happy to be there, if you know what I mean. But I'm just saying, 
You can't just walk into a courtroom and start ch- chatting. Hey, judge, dude, man, hey, what's right. up? You, no, there's rules. So when you understand those rules, that changes everything. Now, all those petitions that the people that you were praying with might have been heard, might have been holy petitions, but first and foremost, it must be the Father is glorified in the Son. So there's your guidepost. If you're praying for any other reason, except for the greater good of the kingdom, you are praying amiss. And that lines up with what you'll hear in the next teaching. And a lot of it has to do with these books that are open, whatever you're going to the courts about. But the books being open and that, the divine holy purposes of those books be fulfilled and that would glorify the father so you're you're not going to go there and try to get a ferrari or a big mansion it's not what it is about so (laughs) you need to and then this other thing these other things he mentioned it's very valid what he's saying there that's right rule number two is nope don't even bother if your prayers are going to be hindered because you're naughty naughty if if, if god is not going to hear you because you have iniquity in your heart then guess what if you don't start out by purification confessing of your sin and if you don't even and if you think that you don't have sin Mm -hmm. guess what (laughs) you have presumptuous sin yeah and if you have if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us first john chapter one okay so sin that is a great offense to the father right so the very assumption that you don't have sin is a sin which by the way we know because in romans 14 28 i think it is 14 28 or no, 14 23 i think it is one of the two it says that which is not from faith is sin what was the number one thing that jesus said to his own apostles oh ye of little faith Jesus might have well have said to him, hey, you yeah. sinner, you're a bunch of sinners. Yeah. So we're never really going to be there. We practice righteousness, 1 John 3, 7. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he, Jesus, is righteous. So it's a constant, continuous process, and that process always begins with the saint confessing of the inevitable sin which they are soaking in at all times, whether they know it or not, whether they know it or not, and asking to be purified, cleansed of all unrighteousness, First John 1, 9. It's a process. It's continuous. Once you're purified, then you can go before the courts of heaven. And so, and, and that's when Matthew Amen. 18 kicks in, right? And that's where, so it's, I guess the reason why this is so, so very, very important, more than any other thing, I think is, is, is like Barnum, the most important thing to understand, is that those of us, if enough of us who understand what the rules of the courts of heaven are and how to take our petitions, what do we pray first? Are we dressed properly to walk into the courtroom? Or are we wearing filthy rags like Joshua the high priest? 
And if so, let's get the filthy rags off. Let's dress in a clean, rich, white robe. Let's be qualified to go before the courts of heaven. And then let's petition for the judgments. Why? Mm -hmm. So the Father may be glorified in the Son. So the Father may be glorified. Because how will God be glorified? Mm -hmm. By millions of more people coming to him. In the midst yeah. of the greatest darkness yes, 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 yes. Amen? Yeah, amen. Okay, I am so far over on time. I just hope this one uploads. I'm going to go to part two next. Try to get that into one part as well. And then you'll have a very good, kind of like, good foundation basis for this whole concept here. Okay? So, l- listen, I'm not... Don't let that frustrate you, though, saying, oh, I can never... No, God, through God, you can do it all. I'm not I'm not perfect and I know I got cured of what I had talked about okay I've already seen this work okay so you know if God can use you know me and and I and I can go into the courts and do this he can do it with you just as easily probably easier (laughs) because I'm not a really big fan of myself anyway um I will okay so God bless you and we will see you in part two